Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. What are you believing God for? What do you want to see God do? What are you trusting him to do? And we're going to continue with this theme. And if you do happen to be here and it's your first time, we're going to have just a little bit of family talk today. What that means is I'm going to say some things I wouldn't just normally say uh, when we have first-time guests, but got to think of it like uh, preparation for Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? You're going to be spending time with, with in-laws, and you know you go into a situation, and it's like family talk, like this is not, you're not normally, you just got to jump in with it. Here's the pro tip. Just engage with it, right? Just act like part of the family, I've been trying to be part of the family with my in-laws for a long time. I'm just saying, you just got to jump in. And even if it's your first time, I want to encourage you to jump in. You know, I might not know you by name. I might not have met you personally yet. But here's what I do know. I know that God knows you. And it may be your first time here, but I believe it's not an accident that you're here. God knew you would be here, and he wants to use this very message to speak to your life. And even as we begin to talk about our future, I believe God wants to use this to speak to you about your future. So we're going to get into it, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, I'll catch you up, so we'll be fine. But I left off in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7, and I want to start in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. We're going to go back and look at the prophet Elisha. And it's not just coincidence or convenience that we would go look at Elisha, it's appropriate to look at Elisha because Elisha was a prophet. And one of the things you learn when you read scriptures that another name for prophet was seer. They were called a seer because they could see things that other people couldn't see. So it's appropriate that we'd look at the prophet or the seer on Vision Sunday. And if you know anything about Elisha, you know that he could see God's provision where other people saw deficiency. We've looked at a few examples from his life. I mean, he saw valleys full of water where others just saw a desert. He saw jars full of oil where a widow just saw debt. He, he saw multiplication where others saw deficiency. He saw the healing and restoration of an economy where others saw devastation. He, he saw healing where others saw death. He, he could see things that others could not see. And the list goes on and on with every miracle that Elisha worked. He could see beneath the surface. And I want you to keep that in mind as we look at this story today because I really want to use it to give you some vision. Not just for what God wants to do in our church, but what God wants to do in your life. You're not going to go very far without vision. Scripture says where there's no vision, people perish. You need to know what God wants to do in you and through you and what he has planned for you. And I think you'll see that today. In 2 Kings 4 verse 8, it says, One day Elisha went to Shunem, and an important woman was there. Now that's significant because last week we looked at a woman that was unimportant. We looked at a woman that was destitute. She was depressed. She was discouraged. She was in despair. And now we're looking at someone who's a dignitary. And she talked him into eating some food, which is the easiest thing to do to a pastor. Just invite him out to lunch. He'll join you. 
It can even be your favorite restaurant. So just come. And so it says every time he passed by, he'd turn in there to eat some food. And then one day she says to her husband, she says, hey, now I see that this is a holy man of God. And he's always passing by. In other words, this guy, he has a ministry that is on the move. He is going places. He is moving with direction. He is moving with purpose. He is moving with velocity. There is something about the ministry of this man. So she says, hey, let's make a little room on the second floor. Let's put a bed there for him and a table and a chair and a lamp. And then when he comes to us, he can go in there. I want to stop there and I want to focus in on this last verse, verse 10, this phrase that she says for our time together today, where she says, let us make a little room on the second floor, the second floor. I'm calling this message today, if you're taking notes, there's levels to this. There's levels to this. Now, I know that's incorrect grammar, but if you are judging my grammar, you have already missed the point of this sermon, Okay. <laughs> I need you to help me preach this today. I need you to turn to a couple people sitting next to you. I need you to punch them in the shoulder and tell them there's levels to this. There's levels to this. It's how my kids show love. They just punch each other. Something about just giving somebody a punch in the shoulder lets them know that you love them and that you're glad they're here. I'd be a little awkward if they're first time and you've never met them before but well hey it's always my custom to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word and I would just ask you to bow your head with me as we go to the Lord in prayer believe that he's going to speak to us today through his word God we thank you so much for your word and that you always speak and I ask God that you would do it again that you would use me that your word would go forth speak to people's hearts let it be like a seed sown on good ground today father let it take root in their heart and produce fruit in their life and I believe you will. Only you, God, can take one message and speak to so many different people. So we thank you for it. We believe it. And everybody who agrees with that can say in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm curious. How many of you already have your Christmas list started? You've been thinking about what you want? Really, just like two people? Let me try. How many of you like have been thinking about, is there something you want for Christmas? Something you're hoping to see under the tree? Like five people. Well, I'm going to give you a list. So if you want to see me after church, I'll give you a list of my items. Um, but, it's, you know, it's true. I think there's, there's some of us, we've, I know it's early. I admit that it's early. But it kind of just goes to prove my point that, that there's some of us, we've already got some vision for what we want to see under the tree. Um, my kids, man, they are all over this. It started I think in October, the day the Target catalog arrived at my house, and uh, they've been doing all sorts of things. Anybody, those of you who have a list, have you been like dropping subtle hints like, hey, there's, you know, there's this one thing I want, it's kind of round, it's made out of gold, has a diamond on the end of it, that's really <laughs> what I'm hoping to see this Christmas. Um, yeah, my, my kids, they, they've, they've been really trying to get my attention, they're doing all sorts of things, they're like... They're pointing it out in the catalog. They've each got their own. They've circled it, highlighted it. They're bringing it up. When I take them to school in the morning, they're grabbing my phone, taking pictures of the items, setting it as my wallpaper, just so I don't miss what they're hoping to get. And it's funny because I've noticed that when it's really big things, they leave some of the details out. Like, you know, when you have big vision, you can't just 
let it all out at once. You gotta like just give people a little bit at a time. Like, like you know, they'll forget to tell me how much this thing costs. Uh, they'll forget to point out that it's gonna annoy the crap out of me every time they use it. You know, that it's gonna take five hours to build or whatever it is. And, and uh, it, it's just funny. I think they get it from their mom, honestly. Because uh, she is an expert at leaving out details to big vision. You know what I'm talking about? Like the other day she told me, she said, hey, do you mind if we stop at Target? I've got to pick up a few things. Yeah. Three hours and two shopping carts later, we, we make our way to the checkout line. But um, no, it's funny. I just, I'm connecting with this story maybe on a personal level because of some recent things at, at our house. Uh, what I'm trying to get is that a lot of us have more vision than we give ourselves credit for you know, we don't always just like give it all at once. We've got a picture in our heart of what we want to see happen. And, and we have more vision than we give ourselves credit for. And I connect with it in this story because like this woman has a room and she wants to do something with it. And at our house, we have this room we haven't done anything with. Um, we've talked about it some. We, we've, you know, thought, well, we could do this with them. Just kind of like held off on, on doing anything. And we've talked some, not at length, but I've, realize that we're going to have family over for Thanksgiving and we have family over for Christmas and my wife's got some plans. And so I was out of town earlier and I just told her, I was like, babe, because we couldn't get together to like pick out furniture and like go. It's just our schedules were too crazy. So I was like, hey, you know, you don't need me like to go. Like, I trust you. I like your taste. Just, you know, if you want to get something, just just get something. And I was gone and I called her on the phone. I told her that She sent me a text three hours later, it'll be here Tuesday. (laughs) How many of you know she had given it some thought? She had some vision for that room. (laughs) And that's really what's happening in the story, because you have this woman, she talks the man of God into eating first, and then after he's been coming around getting some food, she says to her husband, like I just picture this in my mind, she's like, hey, I was thinking about it, and, uh, you know, this guy keeps coming by. We've got that room upstairs. Like, let's, let's make a little room. What, what do you think? What do you think about making him a little room? And the husband's like, yeah, I, I think that'll be all right. It's like, great, we can put a chair in there. We can put a table in there, put a little bed, put this rug. I saw this thing on Pinterest that ties everything together. I actually have everything on hold at Nebraska Furniture Mart. I just need your credit card. That's exactly how it went down. But I admire this woman for a few reasons because what I like is she saw a possibility and she went to work. She saw an opportunity to do something. She had some vision. And this is the first thing I want to tell you. And if you don't write anything else down, if this is the only thing you write down, it is going to help you today. It's that your vision for what's possible makes room for the impossible. Your vision for what's possible makes room for the impossible. Now, you want to keep that in mind as we go through the story because you actually might want to like reference this story in your notes, go and read the whole thing today because we're not going to have time to get through all of it. It's a fascinating story, but she, she had some vision of what she could do and what she could do opened up the possibility for something that she thought was impossible. And I want to show you what I mean because it was after she did this for Elisha It says that one day 
Elisha came there, and he went into the room on the second floor, and he rested. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, he's like, hey, call this Shunammite woman. And when he called her, she came, she stood in, the, in front of him, and Elisha said to Gehazi, he says, hey, tell her, look, you've, you've done so much for us. What can I do for you? Should I speak to the king or to the captain of the army for you? Like, I don't know if you know this lady, but I've got connections. I deal with important people all the time. Let me know what you need. I can do something for you. And she says, oh, I live among my own people. What do I need the king for? What, what would the captain of the army do? I'm, I'm good. She's saying, look, I, I know you want to do something for me, but I didn't do this to get any favors. Like, I'm, I'm good. And I love this woman's response because she didn't do something for God so she could get something from him. And that's the way it's supposed to work in our lives. We don't try to manipulate blessings from God. I know I've been talking about making room for God to move, but we don't make room so God will do what we want him to do. That's just not the way it works. That's what you see in the story. She had in her heart, I want to do something for God. I, I, I want to make a difference. I want to be a part of this man's ministry. I, I want to, he's doing things for the city. He's doing things for people. I want to do something for him. I want to be a part of what God is doing. But she wasn't doing it so she could get something. And here's the thing. Whenever, though, you make room for God to move and you invite him in to inhabit that space, God is always going to do above and beyond all you can ask, think, or imagine. That's the way that God works. So she's not trying to manipulate, but now that she's done something for God, God wants to do something for her. And on the surface, it would seem like this woman doesn't have any problems. But vision is all about seeing beneath the surface. And this story, you got to understand, it's so connected to what just happened because they're both about creating space. One is gathering jars. One is making room. They're both about meeting a need, right? This woman has a need. This, the, the one was a widow. The well-to-do woman wants to meet a need. They're both about two women and their stories. One of these women is well-to-do. The other one is without. And I just want to point out these things because lots of times we think that if we just had more money, would have less problems. But just because you have money doesn't mean you don't have problems. <laughs> money doesn't solve all your problems. And if we misunderstand, we're going to misunderstand uh, some of the very basic things about faith. Because a lot of us, when we're asking God to, for provision, really what we're asking God for is to eliminate our problems. But the provision of God is not the prevention of problems. No, God's provision doesn't prevent problems. In fact, you probably never heard a message like this before, but blessings bring their own burdens. <laughs> blessings can complicate things. And if you think that you want God to bring more, so you have to trust him less, God's not going to do that. That's not the way faith works. We think God, I just need, I need some faith so that I can be a little more independent. 
I need some faith so that my life will be a little bit easier. But faith is not to make you more independent. As you grow in faith, you're going to become more dependent. As you grow in faith, life is not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. Why? Because there's levels to this. There's levels. You know, my kids, they, they play a lot of video games. I've noticed, like, at every new level, there's a new challenge. And as you grow in faith, there are going to be some new challenges. And if we don't realize this, then we're going to be frustrated. God, I've been trusting you. I've been growing. I've been doing the right things. And now this has happened? But we can be so, we, we get our focus on the wrong thing. I don't know if anybody else is like me. Sometimes it's so easy to focus on the wrong thing. Any list makers? Any list makers in the house? You make it, you guys make like pros and cons lists. Let's, you make pros and cons lists. How many of your cons list is always like four times the size of your pros list? <laughs> I just want to know I'm not alone in this. It's so easy to be so con focused sometimes. But the point of this message is to give you some vision. I want you to have some provision, right? To where you see not just what you want God to do for you, but what he's already done. You see what you can do. So that's what this woman did. You're not just praying, God, give me more, but God, open my eyes to see what you're already doing. Open my eyes to see what I can do. What I like about this woman is she had vision for what's possible. She saw something she could do. She made a little room for the man of God. And it caused him to want to do something for her. Why? Because generosity attracts God's attention. Generosity always attracts God's attention. You, you can't do something for God and not have him want to do something for you. Look, it says that he said to her, look, you've done so much for us. What can I do for you? And making room by default means that you're going to another level. He said, make us, let us make a little room. On the second floor. You can't create some space for God and stay where you're at. When you create space, it's always going to cause you to trust him on another level. So here's why I want to ask you to give big next week. And here's why I'm believing big. Because generosity attracts God's attention. I don't know if you realize this, but I mean, we're a really generous church. In fact, we made a decision a long time ago that generosity isn't just going to be like something we do as a church, but it's who we are. It's a part of our DNA. We cannot not be generous. I want to just tell you real quick, because you might not know, but we're very strategic with our generosity. We really invest and give into three main areas. One of the places we give, and we gave this year, is uh, we give globally. We give to World Missions. And we've given this year over $35,000 to world missions. Isn't that awesome? I'll try and move through this quick, but a lot of this has gone to our care point in the Dominican Republic. We got a missions team going there. We serve, it's a care point that we started through partnership. We serve over 120 kids every day, twice a day, feeding them. The cool thing about this 35,000, that's not counting what you do as a church through your child sponsorships. That's what the church has done through your generosity. And so we've done a lot of great things. And not just that, but we've partnered with local churches there. Some really cool stories. I'll try and be quick, but 
like one of the pastors that we helped there, the first time I met him, uh, I'd never, never met him before, and I got to talking to him, and he said, hey, what's, what's your name again? And I told him, he's like, what's the name of your church? I said, Velocity. He's like, I know you. I said, I've never met you before in my life. He's like, no, I, I know you. Like, you moved to Kansas from Minnesota, and you started the church, and you had to work a job, and you telling me all this. I was like, how do you know that? He said, well, I've listened to your podcast. I heard you tell the story. Now, you think God didn't have something in bringing that relationship together? Never met this guy before in my life. And so anyways, we've, we've helped him out and helped, he's doing some great work and helping him with the church and all that kind of stuff. Another cool thing we did this year's because he was bivocational like, like I was, and uh, we had in our heart to help him to where he didn't have to focus all his, uh, didn't have to split his time and energy between the two, but to focus his time and energy on the church. So uh, we had in our heart to help him do that. And uh, him and I text back and forth. I said, hey, let me know when you've got uh, a few minutes, I want to talk to you about something. He says, hey, pastor, give me 10 minutes. I'm wrapping up a meeting, and I'll call you. And he, uh, he called me 10 minutes later. He's like, hey, sorry, pastor. I was just in a meeting with some of the leaders in our church. I said, hey, no, no worries. I got some good news for you. I, I said, our church was praying for you, and we want to we help you so you don't have to be bivocational anymore. We want you to be able to focus all your time and energy on the church, and so we want to give you this gift. And he said, Pastor, you are, you are not going to believe this. So that meeting I was just in, I just told, it was our staff, our leaders, and I just told them, I said, God's been dealing with me about stepping away from my work so I can focus all my time and energy on the church. And I don't know what I'm going to do for the money. So it was a prayer meeting. We prayed that God would provide. But, but you know, that's just coincidence, Right. Yeah, God has a middle name called Coincidence. <laughs> and uh, so that's just some of the cool things. And we give to, to evangelism in the Middle East. We've done stuff there, and, and we've done a lot of great things. But we don't just do stuff abroad. We believe that the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. So just locally, this year, we've given over $35,000 away so far in our city. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> We've partnered with local organizations and, and emergency relief and people who are in need. And, and one of the things I told you last year is we're going to help build some bus benches. And, and we started working on that. And unfortunately, the bus benches aren't built yet. But um, how many of you, you might not know this, but when you're working with the city, sometimes things just take a little bit longer than what you would anticipate. But, we, uh, but we've been partnering with them and we, we found some 10 different spots where we can build some benches where there's not and where there's some needs. And, and we gave them a check, and they were so thankful and appreciative. And no church has ever done anything like this before. And, and we're just getting started. We're just getting started. That's not the only thing we're doing. Um, there's some other things so far. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But we've also don't just believe in world missions and local missions, but we believe in the capital C church. I believe the church is the greatest thing that we can give to because the church builds the kingdom of God. The church is changing destinies. The church is the only thing that's going to matter eons and years from now in eternity is that we're changing destinies. And so this year alone, we've given over $40,000 to church planning. Isn't that awesome? Now, here's, here's what's cool about that is, of course, the church is building the kingdom of God, but the church is also the thing that meets the need. So when there's been floods like there's been this year, hurricanes like there's been this year, 
tornadoes like there's been this year, fires like are going on right now. A lot of these churches that we've helped support are ones that are stepping in and meeting those needs and literally rescuing people, rescuing people from fire, rescuing people from floods. And so the church is meeting the needs that are existing in these communities and these cities. And here's another cool fact. You, through your generosity this year alone, you've helped start 67 churches. Isn't that awesome? 67 have started. And, uh, and of, of these 67, um, just on their first day, their launch day, 826 people made decisions for Christ. So you've, you are making an, an eternal, eternal difference. And it's just so cool to be part of a church that is not only meeting needs in the city, meeting needs in the world, but making an eternal difference in the lives of so many people. That's what you get to be a part of. But that's what we've done. And it doesn't take any vision to talk about what you've done. Vision is about what you can do. Vision is about what's possible. And when we talk about what's possible and we talk about this offering next week, you know, one of the things is that care point in the Dominican Republic, we're out of space. Our missions team that's going there, they're gonna see this firsthand. I mean, it is crowded. We started it just a little over a year ago, and we're already out of space. And so we need to make some room. So one of the things we want to do is, is we want to build a new building, and because it's not just caring for kids, it's also a church in that community. But to do that, we're going to have to find some land, and we found some land. And so uh, we want to, through this offering, we want to buy some land, and that's going to be about $30,000. And land isn't a building but it is a step. And what we're learning in this series is sometimes you just gotta take a step and watch God supply the rest. So we're gonna start with that. And that's what we wanna do in 2020 is, is buy some land for our care point so we can eventually build a building. You know, when talking about what we're doing in our city, one thing we've become aware of is that there's a lot of gaps in our city. There's a lot of agencies that their, their budgets have changed, their funding has changed, and so um, just for example, I said so far this year, because we're not done yet, before this year is up, one of the things that we're going to help do is we're going to start a fund for uncompensated care. And we're not going to manage it because we're not in the healthcare business, but this fund is going to help uh, people who are in need of medical care um, get that. It's going to remove barriers so they can get their medication, get their assistance, and we're going to partner with our local agencies to make it happen. We want to see that be... 10 grand before the year is up. And that's not even, that's not even what we're going to, we're just going to do that. That's not even this. But when I talk about what we can do next year in our city, we've got some exciting ideas about how we can step into some gaps that have been created that nobody else is stepping into. That, that's what we get to do because we serve a God who's a gap filler. Aren't you glad for that? But what about with the church? Well, it should be no mystery. I mean, the next step for us as a church is to get a permanent facility, right? We're believing that God is gonna make this house a home. Now, I'm so thankful for the places that we meet, for this facility, for Theater Lawrence, but I believe God has something better. I really do. And within that, you know, if you've been coming for a while, you notice that nine out of 10 Sundays, there's usually something on stage, some props, or something in the lobby, or some kind of artwork. 
that we have to cover up. And uh, <laughs> not only that, but, you know, there's, there's stuff we want to do for students. You know, we had 60 students show up to our silent disco. Isn't that awesome? But anytime we want to do stuff for students, we got to, like, find a space or rent a space. We did want to invest in marriages, but we've got to find a space or rent a space and, and have to haul in equipment, all of that kind of stuff. I believe God has something better for us. And so we want to get a facility. And uh, so we've been looking. And I, I said last year, I said, we're going to find a permanent home for us. That's our plan this year. And we found one location. I think there's probably more, but we found one. And I announced this to a team of people in June. But one of the locations that we're looking at is 700 New Hampshire. Just down, it's on the same street as this building. And we're in negotiations. We put in an offer. We're, we're trying to make that happen. Now, can I be real with you for a minute? I'm honestly, I was a little frustrated when I was preparing this message because I was telling God, I was like, God, man, this, this is kind of frustrating. Like, we're trying to make some room for what you want to do in our city. And I want people to create room in their heart and create room by giving. And it'd be a lot easier to ask them to participate if we had something signed, an under contract, a letter of intent, like that would be a lot easier. You know, I can say, hey, we're, we're gonna buy this thing, it's gonna be two and a half million dollars and we need to raise 800,000 and, and uh, we've got it signed but we just need to raise the money. Like people could get behind that. But you know, faith is seen beneath the surface. Faith sees something signed when you don't have anything signed, right? Faith sees us sitting and worshiping and serving in a facility when we're still setting up and taking down. And so the reason I can ask you to give next week is because today I'm asking you to see through the eyes of faith. I'm asking you to get some vision for what can be. That even when we're setting up and taking down, that you can see us in a permanent space. That you can see what God's going to do. That, that you can see needs being met, that you can see seats full, that you can see lives being changed. You, you got to see it before it happens. And here's, here's the thing. Here's what I know, is that what God has in store is always better than what we have in mind. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do that by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.